everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I am your host, Daniel Gotera, coming to you after what has been a crazy, ridiculous, mind-numbing, you name whatever adjective you can think of, and not a positive one, a just disastrous 12 to 24 hour period for the Houston Texans franchise. Whoo, boy, we got a lot to talk about today. Man, what is going on over there off of Kirby? I have my thoughts on the new hire of David Culley as the new head coach. Who is that? Nobody really knows. We're learning more each minute. Uh, David Culley, 65 year old Ravens assistant coach and passing game coordinator is now the new head coach of the Houston Texans. And if that wasn't so bad, uh, Deshaun Watson has officially asked for a trade. You know, I said a couple of days ago Deshaun needed to put his name on it instead of all these media leaks. Well, it sounds like he has. And he did it a couple of weeks back, according to several reports that are out there. Deshaun Watson asking for a trade. He wants out of Houston officially. Lots to talk about today on the podcast, but first, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and like and subscribe to it. Thanks so much for the support. As always, we've had a couple of good episodes this week. Yesterday's uh, conversation with Meredith McCord, uh, the fishing pro, uh, the worldwide fishing pro. I mean, she's been everywhere doing all sorts of uh, just rare catches in the most exotic places in the world. Uh, is getting some good reviews, so I appreciate that. As well, go ahead and listen to that. Other episodes that we post in the last couple of weeks. But today is a doozy. This disaster of an offseason, this catastrophe of a, a month and a half, two months that we've seen already, has now culminated in what I'd like to call uh, a nuclear bomb being dropped on NRG Stadium. My guest today is a Houston Chronicle columnist, Brian T. Smith. He will uh, join me in a few minutes to uh, talk about this move, uh, these moves, Deshaun Watson asking for a trade and the hiring of David Culley. And uh, before that, I want to give you my thoughts on this whole thing. So so a couple of weeks ago, actually, up until last week, I had no idea who David Culley was. Like, I saw the name pop up, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is a courtesy interview. Maybe, maybe they... Maybe that Nick Casario knows him and wanted to bring him in to see what he thought. Maybe he wanted to bring him in as part of the next staff. Who knows? Uh, sometimes that happens. You know, you give interviews to people that you don't necessarily want to hire for that position, but you kind of want to keep in mind for um, for other spots on the coaching on the coaching uh, staff. Well, no, David Culley is now a real thing. Uh, he is now the new head coach of the Houston Texans. Uh, he is 65 years old. He's going to be taking over a franchise that is in full rebuild mode. Not sure you hire a 65-year-old coach to go full rebuild in the franchise, but I have my thoughts and my theories on that coming up here in a second. Uh, he's never been a coordinator in the NFL. The last time he was an actual coordinator of either offense or defense, uh, you have to go back to the late 80s when he was at Texas El Paso. Late 80s, David Culley was a offensive coordinator back in the day. But ever since then, he's been in multiple positions, multiple stops around the league. He was in Philadelphia for 10 years as a wide receivers coach. Um, talking to people in, that have worked in Pennsylvania, 
namely uh, Jason Bristol, my colleague at KHOU. Never heard of the guy. Never heard of him. Covered the Eagles. No idea who he was up until a week ago. Um, he was with the Ravens recently as their passing game coordinator. Uh, keep in mind the last couple of years that Cully was there as a passing game coordinator. The Ravens had the fewest number of passing yards in the NFL uh, out of any team. Uh, a predominantly run-first football team. They've just been dominant on the ground. Not sure they're really well known for their passing attack, and frankly, the numbers bear that out. They are, uh, they're not prolific in that side of the football. Uh, so David Culley is now the coach of the Texans. You have to wonder why. Like, why do you hire this guy right now whose credentials do not even match anyone else's that you've interviewed so far? Leslie Frazier has been a coach. Jim Caldwell has been a coach. They've been coordinators. Eric Bieniemy is a coordinator, highly regarded around the league as a, as a possible future successful head coach. Why do you go with David Culley? Well, my theory is that this was the plan all along. Like, David Culley is not your long-term solution. Okay, I bring up the example just close to home for me. I'm a big White Sox fan, right? So the last couple of years, Rick Renteria was the manager of the White Sox. He was, before that, with the Cubs. Not a good manager. Not a good manager. Super nice guy was great for the clubhouse, whatever. He's not a good manager. Last year, Rick Renteria cost the White Sox, won the division, and two, a playoff victory, a playoff series win. Uh, so, But he was a stopgap, right? He was the guy that was hired to kind of bridge the gap from one coach to another during a time of transition, right? The White Sox were building their team, just similar to Bo Porter, right? Bo Porter with the Astros. He had to sit here through all those miserable years, guys getting traded away, new players coming up. Bo Porter was here during the worst times of the franchise, but then they hire A.J. Hinch. The White Sox now hire Tony La Russa. Both those teams were ready to win when they hired new guys. They got rid of them. I think David Culley is in that same conversation. I think he's a guy who... It seems like it's very respected around the league. We've heard from you know guys from Gary Kubiak. There are quotes online from R.C. Slocum. They gave, this guy's a great guy. He's good for the culture. He's good for those, those buzzwords, right? Those buzzwords that we've heard from Jack Easterby for uh, the last month and a half, all these stories that have been coming out of him. So those buzzwords are important, like culture. He's a good fit. He's a good communicator, all that sort of stuff. Nowhere does it say... Oh, he's a great football coach. Like, he's a, he's a motivator. But what, what about X's and O's? That's not what this is. Okay, so I think the Texans front office, after they've just completely bungled this whole offseason in just incredible ineptitude, just an amazing way that they've just des- destroyed this franchise. In the last 18 months, the front office has destroyed the franchise, led by Jack Easterby, who Cal McNair and the McNair family have pretty much given all control to at this point. Um, they've, they've destroyed the franchise, but now they realize, okay, so Deshaun has asked for a trade, which came back officially a couple of weeks ago, right? So they're looking at their situation like, okay, so we have a quarterback who's making $40 million a year, and he doesn't want to be here anymore because we've pissed him off, okay? 
Uh, we can't salvage that relationship, doesn't sound like, because he's not even returning phone calls at this point, not even with the general manager. And by the way, what a bad look for Nick Casario, right? Everybody was really high on the fact that, you know, the Texans went out and hired Nick Casario, who, by all accounts, is an is a accomplished football guy, uh, a, a man who, you know, could be very successful GM, but he came in here and has basically been taking orders, it seems like, from Easterby and McNair, right? So this, this whole thing's a bad look on Nick Casario, very bad look, but I digress. So the front office looks at their current situation and says, okay, we have a $40 million disgruntled quarterback over here. He doesn't want to play for us anymore. He's not returning our phone calls. So it doesn't matter, it seems, who we hire. He's not going to play for us. We can still control him, right, because you know we, we decide where he wants to go. Uh, even though he's got a no-trade clause and all that sort of stuff. But we don't have to trade him if we don't want to. I'll get into Deshaun's trade talk and all that stuff a little later after our conversation with Brian Smith. So they look at the franchise, and they're like, okay, so we have a terrible roster. Aside from J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson, both guys were making a lot of money. Aside from that, we don't have a good roster. We don't have, we don't have something that is going to be competitive over the next year and a half, two years, maybe even three years. So if we keep Deshaun, we've got a $40 million quarterback that's not going to help us win. So, okay, what if what if we just keep him disgruntled and just hire a guy to kind of bridge the gap to our next coach? You know, last week they, they interviewed Josh McCown, uh, an up-and-coming star. There are talks of Josh McCown being part of this coaching staff, giving you the idea that they just want to keep him around to eventually make him the head coach. And that's the one thing that I and I feel bad for Cully in a way. Obviously, it's a good opportunity. He's been in the NFL for a long time. He's been coaching for a long time. I don't begrudge him from taking this position, right? If, if a franchise wants to give you a head coaching job, albeit basically a figurehead job, you take it, right? You've worked long enough. You take the job. But this is what it is. It is a figurehead job. He's not getting to pick his offensive coordinator because Tim Kelly is going to be the offensive coordinator. What sense does that make? You're going to have Tim Kelly but not have Deshaun Watson? Okay. Uh, they're picking the defensive coordinator. Reports indicate that Lovey Smith is in town. Keep in mind, Lovey Smith went 17-39 and 39 in Illinois. Okay? I'm very familiar with the Big Ten, having gone to Northwestern. Northwestern beat Illinois six times. Lovey Smith never beat Northwestern. In fact, three of those six times, maybe even four, Northwestern rushed for over 300 yards against Lovey Smith's defenses at Illinois. Okay? Okay? So I like Lovey. I think he's a good dude. He's a good teacher. Is he good enough to be a coordinator in the NFL? I don't know, especially given the talent that they have. So you've basically taken these decisions away from David Culley, who's now entering this job being like, okay, well, I'm now head coach. Let me put together my staff. Well, wait, 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 buddy. No, 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 no. We got that for you already. Here, here's what you're going to be working with. This type of dysfunction and this type of mismanagement leads people to believe, boy, are they doing this on purpose? Which kind of goes back to the point that I'm making, right? Maybe, maybe this is all part of the plan. They know that their roster is so depleted of actual talent that the prospects of winning anytime soon 
even if you have Deshaun Watson, is not very good. Again, maybe I'm giving them too much credit because these decisions are so laughably bad to people that are just fans of the team that you start to wonder, what what is going on here? Like, what is the point? What is the purpose of all of this? So hiring Cully is a head-scratcher unless you consider the fact he's only going to be here for a couple of years because you don't really hire a 65-year-old head coach who is going to be in the league for a long time. This is the first time he's been a head coach. Like, Bruce Arians has been hired as a head coach in his 60s. That was the first one. Now he's in a Super Bowl. But he had coordinator experience at several stops. And he was even an interim head coach there for a while. This guy is a first-time head coach who's not getting any say in what is going on with his two main positions of his coaching staff, right? That's what it appears like from the outside. Now, the press conference is coming on Friday. It's expected to come on Friday, which we will hear from Cully. We're going to hear from Casario. Cal McNair will be there. Frankly, they should just put Easterby out there at this point because it seems like he's running the franchise. So the Texans have chosen a guy with literally no business being in the front office in Jack Easterby, making decisions over a franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson. So it seems so stupid when you start looking at it, but but if you take a step back and kind of try, not trying to give them the, the benefit of the doubt because what, what they've done over the last 18 months had just been a complete disaster, right? I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt, but you try to you try to make sense of moves that are made, right? You try to make sense of why teams do what they do. I've never seen anything like this, right? The Texans have become a joke in the NFL. Right? The way they're run in their front office is a joke. Um, they've, they've allowed a guy like Easterby to come in and make decisions, personnel decisions, influence major choices on, those, on this roster in this team that are causing the franchise and the fan base to fall apart. Fans are livid at what is going on. If Deshaun Watson is traded, again, they don't have to trade him. If he is traded, you are trading away the one thing that this franchise has always been looking for, a franchise quarterback. You are deciding that we are going to put faith in the plan put forward by some preacher, some culture coach with his choice of GM and the guy who he controls, Cal McNair, you're letting that guy make the decisions and you're picking him over Deshaun Watson. Let that sink in for a little bit and you realize why fans are so mad. I mean, fans are livid at this. It is it is a betrayal of the fan base. It is how, I mean, these moves are so laughably bad how can you go to the fan base with a straight face and be like, hey, listen, this is what's going to give us the best opportunity to win? Granted, you're not guaranteed to win a Super Bowl in the next four years that you have Deshaun Watson under contract because the roster is so bad. But he at least makes things competitive for you. He at least is a chip, a piece of the puzzle that will attract other players to come to your team. If you don't have that, what do you really have? Because now if Deshaun is traded, then you're going to have to trade J.J. Watt because there's no reason to keep J.J. in his whatever $17, $20 million contract 
for one more year. You're going to trade him, and frankly, you should trade him. By the way, what do you think JJ's thinking throughout this whole thing? Not one mention of him throughout any of the conversations from Nick Casario, Cal McNair, any of the press conferences, there's no mention of this future Hall of Fame player. What do you think he's thinking? He wants out. He's got to want out, and I don't blame him. He needs to go try to win a championship with a team like the Packers, the Steelers, the the Bears, anywhere else but here because this franchise isn't winning the Super Bowl in a long time, especially if Deshaun's not here. Whoo, man, a lot to unpack, but helping me do so is Houston Chronicle columnist Brian T. Smith. You've heard him ask questions in press conferences. He's a great columnist, and right now he gives us his opinion on what has really transpired over the last 24 hours, not just 24 hours, but the last 12 to 18 months in the Houston Texans franchise. Well, Brian, thanks for joining me. Uh, it's never a dull moment, huh, with this uh, professional franchise we have in town. You know, there's nothing like Houston sports, but there's really, really nothing like the Houston Texans. I, I have never seen anything like this. I'm not sure, though, that anybody has. The last, the last 18 months for this franchise have just been – Unbelievable, but unbelievable. But here's the thing. It's so believable, right? It all makes sense now. Every time you think it can't get worse or you've already hit the lowest of lows, whatever it is, something new is going to happen. And, and, it, and it just happened. I mean, the Houston Chronicle national outlets have reported Deshaun Watson has requested a trade and it happens the morning after they finally hired their new coach. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so let's just kind of uh, take the last 24 hours, really. And I guess before we preface the uh, the the breakdown of hiring David Cully as the coach, I, I honestly feel bad for the guy in a way because I'm sure he's been waiting for an opportunity like this his whole life, but he is walking into a hornet's nest of a situation. I just – where do you even begin if you're David Cully right now? That's – that's the unfortunate part of this. And I know it's, and it's a great question. Obviously we're, we're in the moment. I mean, this, this trade request just went public, uh, even though Watson and, and really the people around him been hitting at it for a couple months now, but there's always the personal level and there's, there's no way around it. He does, he does not deserve this. Does he deserve to be an NFL head coach? Well, we'll, we'll find out, right? It's not like they're going to take the job back now. And He's obviously experienced throughout the NFL. He's coached, you know, small, you know, mid-level college, multiple pro teams. He's dealt with Andy Reid, Harbaugh. Uh, he is not your typical hire. I, I, I'm reluctant. I'm all for hiring people when they're 65, so I'm reluctant to mention age. But just, just factually, you don't very often see an NFL head coach hired with this crazy situation going on and he has no head coaching experience at any level hasn't been an offensive coordinator so it's very non-typical but he doesn't deserve this um and for for Watson's group for Watson but I'm, let's put it on Watson let's just be honest this is on Deshaun Watson if, if Deshaun Watson did not want this to happen it wouldn't have happened for them to do this the morning after is very unfair to Coley but the second part to that the 50-50 is this is the NFL this is pro sports, right? We just went through the James Harden trade. We've seen LeBron James, Anthony Davis, on and on and on. This has been building. And so it's incredibly clear. And it was reported by ESPN, what, last weekend, 
that the head coaching hire wasn't going to make a difference. If they hired Eric Bieniemy, would that have made a difference? We'll never know. But it, it, it was incredibly clear that Deshaun Watson was going to make his move, that he had had it, and he was just waiting for the last I to be dotted. And, and apparently that was the hiring of David Cully. And then it's like, all right, you're doing that. We're doing this. Is there any way to explain, in your opinion, what the Texans have done here? I mean, I, I, I struggle. I, I get asked the question all the time, what the, what the hell are they doing? But I, I, I really can't. I'm at a loss for words, honestly. As you mentioned, I mean, the last 18 months have been a disaster. But just, just this whole offseason, I mean, what, what on earth is going on with Cal McNair and the other people that are responsible over there at NRG Stadium? Yeah, I wish it wasn't true because um, I moved to Houston in, in 2012 uh, to cover the rebuilding Astros. And I'm not going to get into that too much, but I, I bring that up because I always say when I moved here, the Texans ran the city. I mean, it wasn't even close. The Rockets, well, right before I moved here, the Rockets didn't have James Harden. Um, the Astros were horrendous. The University <laughs> of Houston was nowhere compared to, compared to where it is now just in terms of, you know, post-H-Town takeover, Kelvin Sampson, one of the best college teams in the country. The Texans owned everything. They, they were about to go 12-4. and four. They had, you know, Johnson, Arian Foster, Brian Cushing, J.J. Watt was just getting started. And I was here for, for the end of that, really, really the entire season. But for the end of that, I, I helped cover out a, a couple games toward the end. And I, to this day, I always go back to that. I've seen it. When this city loved this team, and so they go back and forth, they fall down, they go up, you know, on and on. Bill O'Brien, I mean, we don't have time to get into all that. Right. <laughs> but you finally get Deshaun Watt. You finally get your franchise quarterback. And for the most part, big picture, they've only screwed it up since then, right? You're the right. Offense. No, I think so. Ever since they drafted Deshaun, it's been pretty much a mess. Yeah, the offensive line, the defense, Bill O'Brien with the GM power, the firing of Brian Gain, bringing in Jack Easterby, the dysfunction, the national reports, the local reports. We've been reporting in the Houston Chronicle since the start of not the 2020 season, 19 season, the 2019 season about Jack Easterby's influence and that he was, quote unquote, secretly running the Texans. That has only grown. So what has happened to the Texans ultimately Hal McNair, and I wish I didn't have to say this. I wish it was better. They have to show, they, well, they have Deshaun Watson right now. Hal McNair just does not know what he's doing. There's, there's no other way to put it. And I, I know that is intense to say. And no, I, I, think I, know, I think that's fair, actually. I, I just he, don't think. He seems like think a nice guy. Good. You know, Cal's, Cal seems like somebody you would like to have in your backyard having a barbecue with. And I'm sure he'd enjoy a couple burgers. But Hal McNair just does not know what he's doing, and if you're going to stick by Easterby, that's one thing. If you're going to hire Nick Asario because Easterby wanted him, recommended him, and, and you wanted him the last couple of years, that, that's one thing. But if you're going to do all that, you have to make it work with Deshaun Watson. You can't lose Deshaun Watson. And so there's another part to get into this that Deshaun just signed a you know, four-year, $156 million extension. Um, he's doing it the day after Cully was hired. Fans are going to start to turn on Watson. You know, some of the fans unquestionably will. But there has been so much that has happened. And if I'm Deshaun Watson, I have no faith, especially after Cal broke his word with you, broke his bond with you. I understand 
that perspective. I would have no faith that this organization knows what it's doing, can find its way out of this, and has a real shot to win the Super Bowl in the next, what, two to three to four years. So on, on many levels, no wonder he requested a bleep and trade. And for, for I, I guess, talking about Watson a little bit, not not to say he he takes part of the blame in this in this offseason of just despair, but you, you gotta wonder, okay, so did all this just kind of creep up? Why why sign such a huge extension? I guess guys want just want to get paid at this point. If all that money's on the table, we want to get paid. But if he had so many problems, I, I'm guessing this, these culture issues and the things behind the scenes were still going on, right? When you signed this contract. I mean, did he have faith back in what May of June, whenever he signed that contract, that this was going to be good? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just such a weird situation all the way around. It really is. I, I was just looking back. I mean, so it was September 5th. So we're at January 28th. It was a September, September 5th. It was four plus months ago. Deshaun signed a four-year, $156-$160 million extension. He was surrounded by friends and family. He was crying tears of joy. And I just put this at HoustonChronicle.com. This, this quote is just unbelievable. You know, he said, broken rib, punctured lung, torn ACL, whatever it takes. They'll have to really keep me off the field. Kicked in the eye, which is a reference, I think, to that Raiders game. Eyeball dripping out. I'm on that field. Uh, you know, I'm focused on my situation. Deshaun Watson, Houston Texans, I'm doing whatever it takes to get to where we want to go. That is as devoted as you could be to a franchise. And that was less than five months ago. So, but they had already traded Hopkins at that point. Fans already wanted O'Brien fired. You'd already fired Brian Gain. There was, there was the, you know, Easter being, had been in the organization for a year at that point. There was already the dysfunction. What I do believe is that he went through a really, bad four and 12 season think about the ends remember the the end i mean we've already forgotten because so much has happened how painful those final games were the way they ended watson was always on his back on his butt you know he'd stay on the field late number oh, one yeah. he's never been through a situation like that before in his career number two he's now gone four and 12 officially as the texan starting quarterback in two or four years and then I think the biggest thing, and while in many ways it's not really been understood or it's been blown out of proportion, Cal McNair, whom Texans players just do not seem to believe in or have any faith in, Cal McNair publicly going out of his way and basically bragging that we're going to include Deshaun in this. You know, I'm, I'm smart enough to know we need to include Deshaun. He's, 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 you know, the middle of everything. By the way, they never mention in JJ. They never say we're going to include JJ Watt in any of this. Never. Never. But we're going to include Deshaun. I went out to dinner with him, and then you don't. And then Jack Easterby gets in the middle of this again, and players just don't believe in Jack Easterby. I mean, maybe Brandon Cooks does. That's about it. And, and so <laughs> that's, that is a lot to happen in four to five months. And here's the thing. You mentioned the contract. If anyone ever – says, Brian, I'm going to give you $156 million basically guaranteed to do what you love to do and you've been doing since you were a child. Uh, I don't know anyone that turns that down because here's the thing. Once you have that contract, you have that contract. He's coming off the best year of a court by a quarterback in Houston since Warren Moon. That contract is tradable. So he gets paid wherever he goes. Now he's pulling the ultimate 
James Harden, the ultimate Anthony Davis, the ultimate LeBron James. He is basically now with the no trade clause. As we speak, he can demand where he wants to go. He can say, I'm not going to uh, the Raiders. I'm not going to the Colts. I want to go to the Jets. I want to go to wherever the Jaguars. I don't know why you want to go to the Jets or you go to the Jaguars, but he gets to dictate this. He has ultimate power. And, and the last thing I'll say is the Texans ultimately deserve this. This is on Cal McNair and Jack Easterby and how inept and inexperienced and just dysfunctional they've been. But Deshaun Watson just dropped a nuclear bomb on Energy Stadium. I mean, he has thrown everything into disarray. And I know some fans are going to hate it, but this is just the way pro sports have been. And this is where it's been moving for years now. And now the NBA has, has filtered into the NFL. But ultimately, the Texans only have themselves to blame. And that, that's just the simple truth. Well, if it wasn't before, NRG Stadium is definitely on fire today. So, Brian, hey, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate the time, and uh, we'll see where this saga takes us. Thank you very much for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you to Brian T. Smith. Check out his work in the Houston Chronicle. Always a fun read. He keeps it real when he uh, writes his columns. So I appreciate him taking about 10 minutes to join me on this uh, crazy day, this podcast that we have going on today. A lot to talk about. It is expected that David Culley, the new head coach, will be introduced tomorrow. He is walking into a hornet's nest situation can you imagine a new head coach a first-time head coach walking in with your star quarterback uh wanting out with your defensive end uh franchise legend possibly wanting out as well it's the bad it's a bad deal and I feel bad for him like I said to Brian I feel bad for David Culley might be a nice man I've heard some interviews nothing to be excited about frankly but he seems like a nice guy a culture fit a guy who can bridge the gap to somebody else to take over this team when they get somewhat competitive and when they get a roster that's worth um, touting and worth you know, going to a Super Bowl. But now to Watson. For me, the Texans obviously don't have to trade Watson. He's under contract. But will the Texans put their foot down and make Watson sit on the bench? Will Watson decide, you know what, I really don't want to play for this team anymore, and will he cost himself game checks or checks during the offseason and minicamp and everything else just because he wants to stand his ground? The Texans, do, you, do they call his bluff? I don't know. They have a really interesting decision to make. It is reported that Watson wants to go to the Jets. The Jets have the number two overall pick. You can get multiple first-round picks. That reloads your draft capital. On this team, you get a rookie quarterback in the second pick. You can even get him maybe a little later. There's a lot of talent. You can get a guy like Devontae Smith, number two. You need a wide receiver. You may not have a quarterback, but you get another weapon like that, and you pair him with a quarterback later. So there are multiple options, but you have to make that decision soon because the draft's coming up at the end of April. So you're not going to be able to call his bluff as much as you'd want, right? So it'll be interesting to see. I think after this development, I think Watson has played his last down with the Texans, and that's sad for me to say, man. My son is going to be crushed. I know a lot of people whose uh, young kids look up to Deshaun Watson. My little boy runs around the house saying he's Deshaun Watson. He loved watching him play. It's a crushing blow. The ineptitude of the franchise um, has caused so much rift with everybody in this city, and rightfully so. It's disgraceful. It's embarrassing. And I think it probably would have been more appreciated if they had come out with a coherent plan. But the way they rolled things out, 
has been an embarrassment. And now they're the laughing stock of the league. So do you trust Nick Casario to make the right move? Bill O'Brien obviously couldn't make the right moves, getting trading away DeAndre Hopkins for a sack of peanuts. Uh, but I think now with Deshaun Watson, you have to get multiple first-round picks. You have to get maybe a player in return, a second-round pick. You have to get a big draft capital haul for Deshaun Watson. I don't. I think they do trade him before the draft because, especially with the team that Watson wants to go to, if it's true, if it's the Jets, they're right there. Even if it's the Dolphins, they've got a high pick thanks to the Texans being such a mess in recent months with their drafts. Um, so I, I don't think Watson plays another down for the Texans, unfortunately. It was an incredible ride. He was so fun to watch. It's just, I, I, I know I've had a whole podcast, but sometimes I find myself at a loss for words of what's going on, you know, with this with this franchise. And I just feel bad for the fan base. It's going to be interesting to see how the fans react once Deshaun Watson is traded. Will the stadium be full? Maybe it won't be full because of COVID restrictions still. But what about merchandising? J.J. Watt might be gone. So this franchise is going to literally start from scratch. The talent is not there. They have to build this thing from the ground up when just 18 months ago, they were beating, or not even 18 months ago, 12 months ago, a year ago, they were beating the Kansas City Chiefs 24 to nothing in Kansas City, a team that ended up winning the Super Bowl. That's what was happening 12 months ago. This Texans franchise was up 24 to nothing on Kansas City, and now it has become a complete dumpster fire. Whoo, man. If we hear from David Cully tomorrow, it'll be great. That'll be my topic on the podcast tomorrow. But for right now, I, I just need a break. I need a break. I need to walk away from all of this because let me tell you something. In the last 12 to 18 months, this is what the Texans, or not Texans, the city of Houston may have lost. James Harden, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, George Springer, Garrett Cole, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Daryl Morey, Mike D'Antoni, Jeff Luno, A.J. Hinch, and Bill O'Brien. Somebody on Twitter put that list together, and now I'm depressed. I'm going to leave it at that. We'll talk again tomorrow. Until then, see you later.